Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as Mark Lemon Official on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I speak with mental health advocate and founder of the Alone Together COVID support group, Liam Mayer. Liam speaks to me about the death of his father and how he's now using his grief to help others. You can find Liam on Instagram as Liam Mayer Official and Twitter as Liam J. Mayer. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you're listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so as mentioned in my introduction... Today I am speaking with someone that I have recently discovered through social media and the amazing work that they've been doing over the last year to support people through the pandemic and it's Liam Mayer. How are you? Hello Mark. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, just having a, a bit of a relaxing week because I've, I've got a well-earned week off, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are lots of people that were wishing they were having a well-earned week off, um, especially when there were kids around, which I can... Uh, account for <laughs> but um yeah for the listeners would you be able to just give them a brief introduction as to who you are and, and what you do please yeah of course so as mentioned I'm Liam Mayer um, I'm a videographer for the NHS and I've worked for the NHS for nearly 13 years now and last year I, I set up a support network called Alone Together COVID-19 support network and also last year I appeared on Gareth Malone's Sing for Britain choir program Okay, and obviously, you know, the reason we're here today is to is to talk about grief, and it's something that you've obviously felt uh, hugely over the last year. Um, would you be able to give the listeners just a, a brief about your own experience with grief, please? Well, last year, um, March of last year, my my dad fell ill with what we thought was just just flu. Um, at that that point in time, the um, COVID outbreak uh, was was very minimal in the UK. So we didn't ever think it would be COVID-19. Um, 
but dad got worse over a period of time, got admitted to hospital and tested positive for COVID-19. He was in hospital for, I think it was around 11 days, but the last seven of those days, uh, he was on a ventilator and sedated and um, did, did fairly well for those seven days. But on the seventh day, his his body just had enough and some kind of blood poison set in, which later we found out was quite common with COVID-19 and he, he passed away um, without any of us family next to him. Uh, in in hospital on the 29th of March. I have to say this is the first time that I've really spoken to to somebody um, you know about COVID-19 and interviewed them about this and and the thing with this horrendous illness is that it can happen so quickly as you guys have discovered and I know it's really difficult to say but I was just wondering whether you could sort of tell the listeners about how you found that experience of it being so quick and being unable to to be by his side, which is which is horrible. Yeah, well, me myself, I think it happened so quickly that the reality of it has taken months to set in. But at the time, um, obviously, always very hopeful that Dad was going to pull through it. Dad was um, in the hospital that I work in, so uh, you, you, I mean. I am biased anyway. I, it's a good hospital, uh, but the communication was phenomenal with them. Uh, I was able to go and see Dad for the first three days that he was in ICU through a glass window. Obviously, Dad didn't know I was there, but then lockdown came in and we were unable to go out there. My mum was isolating because she was symptomatic, so she never saw Dad out there. I did a video call the last time I was out there uh, with her so she could see him as best as she could. But yeah, part of part of me feels like I, I let Dad down for not being out there. We were, we were given the option because um, it happened so quickly. I don't think any of us would have got there on time anyway. But they did say to us, "You can come out and see him." Um, but if you go in the room, you'll have to isolate for two weeks, which means you won't be able to go to his funeral. Um, and I knew Dad would be very angry if we put ourselves in danger anyway because the last conversation I had with him he was more concerned about how my mum was my mum's health um and and that's that was my dad through and through really but I just worry that being sedated they say that your hearing's still active and it's always the last thing to go that if dad didn't hear any of our voices would he think that we didn't care and that's something that sometimes crops up and I have to keep reminding myself that my dad did know we care. I told my dad I loved him every time I saw him. Um, I guess, you know, doubt and and kind of regret is quite common with with grief. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was difficult. And I didn't cry for a, <laughs> properly for a few weeks. Um, just for the sheer shock of it, really. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine there are so many people out there that that can relate to you, you know, if, if they've been uh, affected through the pandemic and, and that sort of feeling of, of being isolated in your grief. And, and I think one thing that's, that's come out of it all is that, you know, the bereaved can feel isolated anyway, but before the pandemic, it's kind of heightened that through, like you say, being unable to, to visit the hospital or be able to, to say goodbye properly, you know, um, physically, in a sense. Um, 
And where do you think you're at with it now? You know, and obviously we can lead on to the, the amazing work you're doing with the bereavement group. Um, but yeah, how, how how are you feeling now with your grief? Um, December was hard, if I'm honest. I thought I was I was dealing with it fairly well. Um, maybe maybe I was ignoring some of it and suppressing it. I don't I don't know, but. December, dad, dad's birthday's in December as well, quite close to Christmas. So it was a bit of a, um, a double whammy, really. And I think that it's not going to fully sink in until the restrictions relax and we're able to get together as a family that we're going to realise that dad isn't there. Because at the moment, dad could be one of those many people that I'm not seeing because of the restrictions. Um, and I know my siblings feel exactly the same and lots of other people feel the same who I've spoken to that have lost someone to COVID-19. But I've always been quite a positive thinker and, and dad was very much the same. So I tried to focus on the fact that I was lucky that I had dad in my life for nearly 36 years. Um, not many people like like yourself, Mark, you know, not many people are, are blessed with so, so much time with a parent that they're really close to. So I just try and t- to focus on the positives as much as I can. Um, but it is a bit of a mental battle, as, as I'm sure you know. No, oh, absolutely. And also speaking to people through through this pandemic and interviewing them, you know, you, you realise that a lot of the grief has resurfaced um, no matter how long ago it was that you lost that person. Um, but I just want to move on to, you know, the amazing work that you've been doing with the bereavement group and and kind of what... You know what really spurred you to to want to set it up, and if you could just tell the listeners more about it, please. So I actually set it up uh, the evening of Dad's funeral, which was the sixth of April, um, so a week after he passed away. But um, between him passing away and and the, and the funeral, I started thinking about um, families out there, well, or people out there who were grieving on their own. So I've got four older sisters. Um, and my niece lives with my mum, so lucky enough my mum wasn't on her own after Dad passed away. But I started thinking about what if my mum didn't have any children and she had lost her husband and she was just in a house on her own, being reminded of him every day, and it's in lockdown, they can't go see anyone. Who who are these people turning to? Um, so that was one of the main drives for the network. Also... Um, being very restricted in the funeral as well and not be able to have a wake I felt very robbed of honoring dad the way I'd like to so I thought that doing this could do something to to honor dad's um honor his name and and just kind of um do something to celebrate him as, as such and that's kind of once I started up the support network that's something that's echoed through other people that they feel very robbed of that and they want to let the whole world know about their loved one. So I set the support network up on on Facebook just as a, a closed group. And I, being a videographer, I made a, a little video telling my story and telling of the support network. And it got picked up by local news who, who put it out. And then it went onto national news. And once it got onto those channels, it just snowballed. And we're up to nearly 800 members in the group now um, and that's not just from the UK it's worldwide but it's just been really reassuring talking to people that know exactly what you're going through and just get it because 
there is no there is no fix for this. Um, there's nothing that's going to bring our loved ones back, but we just need to be able to talk about it and know that we're not alone. Um, hence why I named the support network, you know, alone together. Um, but it's been an absolute journey for a lot of people joining, whereas the people that joined earlier on in March and April who were reaching out for that support have now, I'm not saying they're over the reef because like we, you said, you know, you, I don't think you're ever going to be over. You just learn to live with it. But there's further on in their journey that people joining that have just recently lost someone, um, they're reaching out to them and giving them support and finding a bit of purpose for themselves. So it's a lovely little journey that's going on. Um, some lovely friendships that have been built from it um, from, through people that would probably never have a reason to to talk prior to this. Um, but it's just it's just a, a bit of a, um, escape from the people that don't understand, I guess. Yeah, no, it's an incredible thing to do. I think that for 800 people connecting through, you know, a, a similar experience and just having sort of a, a space to be able to share, you know, how you're feeling. I mean, have, have you had lots of feedback from people about, you know, like you say, they've built friendships, um, but it must be just a lovely place to go and, and just, you know, download how you're feeling on a particular day, especially, you know, in isolation. That's that's right. And um, a lot of people see it as their safe space. We don't promote any hate speech or political speech. I don't want it to be about that. And I know people have opinions on that and that that's fine. Um, and there are places for that. But we just wanted, I say we, that's the royal we. <laughs> I wanted you know, alone together to be a safe space for people that they could talk about how they feel and not be judged and not be surrounded by negativity. Um, and yeah, I've had some great feedback and I've made some incredible friends. Um, we do video chats sometimes, um, in the week and sometimes that people just want to, you know, tell their story and get it off their chest. And sometimes we just, you know, don't talk about that and have, have a laugh um but it is uh, i don't want to say escape from reality because obviously that is the reality but it's escape from from everything else that's going on in the world that we can just be in our safe little bubble um knowing that we're not being judged and knowing that we are we are safe in each other's company yeah i'm just wondering whether have you had any counseling over the last year you know or has it been too soon no i i, I have had i've had some counseling myself yeah i was um, I was seeing a counsellor prior to the to the um, pandemic. Anyway, I, I suffer quite badly with anxiety, um, so I was seeing a counsellor anyway, who I carried on seeing at the start of dad, dad passing away. But as much as that counselling is really good, I've actually found it more beneficial talking to people who are, you know grieving like me because we kind of people have got different um outlooks of things haven't they and it's it's just nice talking to people and them saying oh have you tried this or i look at it this way and that's really refreshing yeah that that's that is a really refreshing thing and i think you know what i found as well on social media with you know talking about this subject more and there being more say accounts that are talking about it um is that you can you can share you know tips and ways to get through a particular day um because historically, obviously, we've never really wanted to talk about this subject. Um, but it kind of feels like this COVID-19 and the pandemic has really um, 
you know, in a, in a strange way, sort of awaken people to to this subject. I think, you know, I think the the news and the media are obviously it's on every day. You can't really escape it in a way. Um, so it's always there. But do you think it's it's really kind of put put this subject out there to actually discuss more? You know, have you found that in in the group? Yeah, definitely. It's because it is a taboo subject, isn't it? And um, I think the more that you kind of eradicate that, the more comfortable people are um, talking about it. And and as we discussed, you know, talking about it and, and sharing that is is one of the best things you can do. Um, I mean, there's there's always going to be people out there that that kind of don't know how to approach it or shy away. Um, I remember speaking to my boss quite soon after losing dad and he was telling me about when he lost one of his children very uh, in birth I believe um and when he came back to work he remembered walking down a corridor and one of his colleagues walking towards him and kind of acknowledged him and then walked into an office and as my boss walked past the office there was no one in there he just walked into that room to avoid talking to him and it's not the fact that they didn't want to talk to him he just didn't know what to say so i'm hoping that you know like you said because it's in in the limelight now that people will feel more comfortable just asking people if they're okay if they want to talk and like i said before there's no there's no fix um for grief there really isn't you just got to learn to live with it but i think you feel safer around people that that really do get it yeah absolutely and I just wanted to, I just wanted to sort of, like, on the subject, really, you know, if you had any tips for anyone out there who, who's currently sat there at home, and obviously your group, you know, is fantastic for, for anyone out there that's struggling, and you know, so they can connect with others. But have you got any particular tips that that might help someone on on a difficult day? The best bit of advice I was given was um, by one of the members of a support network who who lost her seventeen year old son to COVID. Um, one of the most incredible strong women I've ever met and it was to be kind to yourself and it's, it sounds so simple but I think with grief you do beat yourself up about how you're feeling on that day but there is no right or wrong way to grieve and grief is a bit of a, um, a wave you've got to ride you know you have your ups and you have your downs and that really resonated with me and I remind myself of that every day you know just to be kind to yourself that don't don't be hard on yourself if you're feeling down don't be hard on yourself if you're feeling angry because that's, that's that can be quite normal to be like that with with grief um and fundamentally the the best bit of advice is to talk to to people who you know in a similar similar situation to you because sharing it and just offloading it is it's really refreshing you, you know i know it's a uh, a cliche saying but you know a problem shared is a problem halved and that that is definitely true with grief i believe yeah no i completely agree you know it's uh i've always found myself that the most useful conversations are usually when i've opened up about how i was feeling you know and and, and it always helps to t- you know it always helps to do it with someone who's who's been in the same experience you know whatever grief they've been through like you say it's it's we're, it's all a, a pain that we felt you know I'm just wondering whether you'd be happy to share three things about your dad that make you smile when you think of him. I just smile when I think of him anyway, because because he was an absolute joker. He just, he just enjoyed making people laugh, and 
I, I've, I, I know I've um, kind of adopted some of those traits from him, but dad was, um, he was a bit of a, a prat at times and, but it was, it was brilliant. He just liked making people laugh, even if you're laughing at him, really. Uh, I'm just trying to think of a, an in particular moment, just little things like you'd, you know, you'd ring up home and I remember dad for years would just answer on the phone, Batsy dogs home <laughs> and little things like that, you know, and he would do stuff to wind mum up, just playing on words and things like that. And, um, mum would always bite. Uh, <laughs> But I remember, I remember when we were kids as well. Mum and Dad used to um, go out with some friends, and uh, at New Year's they used to do f- fancy dress and go out to you know, the local club or whatever. And um, I remember one year Dad dressing up as a caveman, and we still got photos of it. And it was just, it was just hilarious. This <laughs> this wig that he had with his really long hair. <laughs> it's just funny little memories like that. And that, that was one that I hadn't really. Um, thought about until you until you mentioned that's just one that's just popped to the front of my mind but he did enjoy a laugh and he enjoyed talking to people making people happy um, and he enjoyed looking after his kids really he just I used to like the way that he used to play the grumpy old man quite a lot dad was very hands-on really good at DIY and obviously having four daughters there was always dad could you come and fix this and it, the reaction wasn't oh, all right then but you know you know he loved it he loved being needed um but yeah i used to, and and me and him being the only men in the house as well we we did have a special bond and and i'm the youngest so dad had to wait quite a while to to get a boy in the house um but yeah we had some great times with you know tinkering with the many cars that i crashed and <laughs> and going fishing um one in particular memory of of us fishing together actually we we used to fish quite a lot when i was a teenager and we started again a few years back and we went to this little spot which is a local beach near us over on over on the rocks um a place that just reminds me of of dad all the time but we we went down there and there was three men fishing and we just turned up after not fishing for many years with all our brand new gear and these chaps said oh there's, there's not much happening we've caught three fish between us all so dad casts his rods out with, with four feathers on it and reels in four mackerel straight off on the first cast. Anyway, we ended up, we ended up coming home with 25 mackerel. <laughs> and these guys' jaws just dropped and we were like, oh, see you later, chaps. <laughs> that's an amazing memory. It's great, yeah. That's And that area is, is if, if you'd watched the program that I did, um, was on with Gareth Malone, we wrote a song um, about my dad and it's called skimming stones because that beach i remember walking up and down it and skimming stones with dad and fishing and stuff so it's it's a very significant spot and a spot that i have gone to a few times since he's passed they're incredible memories and there is something special with that father-son bond isn't there i must you know i remember it myself and uh you know that that's what i always miss you know um i'm just going to move on to some questions from the children at children's bereavement charity winston's wish and the first one is, how do you make yourself feel happy when you're feeling sad? Well, that's a very, very good question. I think one of the things that's got me through um, my, my grief is is exercising, whether that's just going for a walk um, or going for a cycle. Um, I think exercise is really underrated. So people don't realise how... how 
how good it is for you, you know, the endorphins it releases, how it clears your mind. And I think, yeah, being down, just having that bit of um, alone time, that bit of space, just going for a walk into nature has, has really, really helped me. Um, and also trying to, I know I touched on this in the start, but just trying to think of positive thoughts of, of dad. And I know that can be hard sometimes because you end up missing them, but I just try to be thankful that I, I had those moments with him. Okay, the next one is, what piece of music reminds you of your dad? So dad was a pink fan, fun enough. Um, so we, we played pink, uh, what about us at his funeral. And so that's, that's the song that really sticks out for me. And also when dad was passing away, the hospital asked if they could play him some music. So I know he was listening to pink as he passed away, which I'm sure he'd be very happy with. Wow. That's amazing. Music is incredible, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, if you know that I, I've started a virtual choir with some of the members of my support network as as a way of, of obviously re, kind of releasing and and um, expressing themselves. Uh, I have a musical background anyway, so we've currently on our second original song. But I've been getting them to write a lot of lyrics to express themselves, and there's I think there's thirteen of us, but we've become a little family, and they're finding an absolute benefit in, in, in doing music. And a lot of them have never done it before, but you're right. It is really powerful. Really powerful. It's just, there's something around, you know, and, and it's not just for obviously for adults, but for children and just, you know, even if you're just writing how you're feeling, you know, and getting it onto paper and then, you know, no matter, no matter your voice, just getting it out can be really, you know, such an expressive tool for helping with grief. You know, I think, um, okay, so the next question is, what do you do to remember your dad on important days, like his birthday? I'm trying to think what I did do. <laughs> I know I know what I did on on Christmas because um, I was chatting to a, a good friend of mine that had a good, good bit of advice, and I was saying, you know, Christmas is going to be hard. And she said, well, what would your dad be doing on Christmas morning? And I reflected back on to what we used to do when we were kids, and we had a, had a, a rule unspoken rule really but um that no one could go in the living room and get their presents until dad walked in through that door first so dad playing his his grumpy man <laughs> um in the mornings would be like oh i can't possibly get up till i have a cup of tea um <laughs> so we'd all be rushing to make him a cup of tea and we'd go oh, come on dad so uh, on christmas morning uh, you know i know it's as simple as that but i made i made a cup of tea and just you know sat and reflected and just m- remembered those things so i think on those special occasions, it's important to think about what they would be doing and maybe do something to kind of symbolise that and, and to kind of help you remember it and just, just smile and just think, you know, of, of the good times you had with them. So, yeah, on Christmas, just a cup of tea for me, as simple as that, really. Okay, the next one is, what three things are you most thankful for at the moment? That's a really powerful question because I think this whole pandemic has taught us all gratitude really um and it's i think it's the smaller things um i'm I'm thankful for my family that's that's definitely at the the top of the tree there i'm thankful for having them and and them helping all you know each other through this um i'm thankful for my job as well i think that's 
that's one thing that stuck out to me in the last year because of many people losing jobs or being on furlough and struggling and both my wife and I have been fortunate enough that even, even though work has been tough um her being a teacher and me working for the NHS we, we've been fortunate enough that we still have money coming in um and I guess I guess I know it's got a bit of a cliche but my health really um I do I do have an underlying health issue I do have a heart condition but I don't let it rule my life I'm still doing lots of exercise and I'm health wise I'm in a better place than, than some people so I think that's definitely something to be thankful at the moment okay my final question is and it's quite a big one really but uh if you had an opportunity to sit down with your dad one last time, what do you think you might like to say to him? First of all, I would apologise for putting his photos all over the TV because <laughs> I'm sure maybe you're very embarrassed about that. Um, I just, well, I'd thank him really for all the life lessons he's taught me. And it's not been too recently that I've realised some of the stuff that he has taught me, even the little things like... Um, DIY things uh, my mum was talking about to me about how dad helped me build some decking out the back of my old house and she was saying um, to me do you, did you realise that your dad didn't actually do any of that I was like oh yeah I did it all <laughs> um, and he basically guided me through it and taught me through it and she said your dad used to do that with a lot of things he said I'm, I'm not going to do it for him because he needs to learn how to do it himself but I will mentor him and dad did that all the way through my life, really. And and also, I don't believe that I would be where I am now job-wise if it wasn't for my dad. Um, I actually left school with no GCSEs. I struggled. I, really, I was bullied and I, and I struggled. And later on, I found out that I was dyslexic. So one of the main reasons why I struggled. And yeah, nearly 13 years ago, I applied for some jobs for the NHS and my dad always taught me not to believe in, in boundaries, that the boundaries we put them up ourselves. And if you want something bad enough, um, then, then then go for it. As long as you're not hurting anybody, then, then go for it. And I did, I pushed myself and I didn't start in this job in the NHS at the start. This was always my dream job, that I'd be a videographer. And he used to just push me and he used to tell me that he was proud of me and that 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 did push me on even more so i would i would thank him for for being my best mate and being my rock really he sounds an incredible man and uh yeah liam i'm just really fortunate to have spoken to you today and and you know i really appreciate all the work that you've been doing to to help uh, bereave people through this pandemic because you know it's it's been huge for others and uh, yeah thank you so much for today no, it's my absolute pleasure and it's, uh, thank you for inviting me along today.